Hey, fellow traveler, welcome to the Third Eye Awakening podcast, a show where we talk all about spiritual and psychic awakening, magic, the shift from 3D to 5D, star seeds, ascension, multiple timelines, multiple dimensions, the universe, the multiverse, the Akashic records, all the good things. I am your host, Amy Blair, and I'm so glad to have you here with me today. Okay, let's do this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Third Eye Awakening. I'm so excited to have my friend Caroline here to have a conversation about spiritual and psychic awakening for everybody's listening benefit. So hi, Caroline. Welcome. Hey, Amy. Thank you so much for inviting me and putting out the call to your Facebook group. This is I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited, too. I'm excited to hear, you know, kind of what's how the spiritual awakening journey has been for you and where you're at now and all the good stuff that's going to come out. So can you give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself and like kind of who you are, where you are in the world, what you're up to, that kind of stuff? So yeah, I'm Caroline. I am born and raised here in upstate New York, been going along my own spiritual journey for a long time long ass time like I can't even tell you when it started I can tell you like the different chapters of it but it's been interesting and then personally like I work during the day as an engineer so it's like super technical work right and when I tell people that I'm also so deep in my own spirituality it kind of is like a curveball and like some people are super open to it and some people are like kind of deterred by it like oh god she's a little little cuckoo over there and I'm just like all right. But it's cool. Cause right now I'm at a point where I just kind of roll with it and go, that's how you feel. That's okay. And maybe one day we can have that conversation. Yeah. That's so interesting. Like I kind of find the same thing, but I don't, since I left my job and started doing this full time, I don't, I don't know. I've sheltered myself a little bit. Like I've really curated who I speak to online, like not in an exclusive way, but just more out of like, who do I have things in common with? So sometimes Mm -hmm. I convince myself that like actually everybody's super like spiritually awakened and I'm late to the game. And then I'll have a conversation with somebody who like, doesn't know, doesn't even has never heard of human design or like, you know, stuff that I feel like is pretty, pretty basic stuff now and it's funny when you said that like just getting that reaction of like oh yeah <laughs> all right she's woo woo <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah like it, it used to really bother me I'm not gonna lie and it kind of kept me in my spiritual closet for a long time so pretty much since I graduated college even throughout college because going to a technical college it's that wasn't anything anyone really talked about it was oh, did you, how did you do during organic chemistry? Or like, let's talk about calculus and chemistry and engineering classes. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. But like my, my apartment's haunted. Did you know that? No. (laughs) Like, oh, she's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. And so like, do you find that most, like, do you get that reaction from most people or does there seem to be a pretty good mix of people that are like, Ooh, I love spiritual things. So now in the last few months, I'm starting to, I don't know if it's the vibrational attraction that's happening because I'm finally stepping into my own, stepping into my own power and just owning who I am that now the people around me are starting to come into my circle. So like I've put out that vibration to the universe and it's starting to reciprocate that by returning people to me that I can actually have these conversations with. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's like, as soon as I started tiptoeing out of the closet, because like, let's face it, 2020 has been weird, but it's also (laughs) led the whole world to a lot of self-reflection. And I think that helped a lot in this big mass spiritual awakening because people started, they weren't in the quote unquote matrix, if that's what we want to call it. They weren't busy driving 20 to 60 minutes into their office where they were going to work for eight hours a day and then do the same drive home. And yeah. By the time they get home, it's let's cook dinner and go to bed and then do it all over again. Yeah. So they had the time to do that self-reflection. So yeah. I thought that's been pretty cool. And I'm wondering if that's another part of why having these conversations is more comfortable for people now. 
Mm-hmm. I imagine that's so like, definitely, I agree with you, kind of the the status quo is shaken up enough on an individual personal level that we exactly like you said, like, we just don't have the same rhythmic, reliable distractions that kind of allow people as easily to just be like, nothing's happening. Everything's fine. And like yeah. normal, normal, normal. Yeah. Um, the blinders uh, came off. Totally. But al- also like, it's been a big shakeup on like a gajillion different levels in terms of like our sense of security and our feeling of like, you know, like certainty that we know what's going on. I know some people are still desperately clinging to it. My dad is one of them. It's driving me crazy, but, yep. <laughs> but totally. Have those. I also had a similar experience myself. So I kind of came out of my spiritual closet. I guess it was over the course of 2019, where I really, really stepped out and pushed myself beyond my comfort zone, which was stressful as fuck. I'm not going to lie, mm-hmm. but it, it totally ended up similarly magnetizing people in who wanted to have those conversations as well, even without necessarily like relying on the podcast, for example, but just posting more about those kind of things, like on Instagram, like I just like sort of snuck it in as like slyly as possible yeah. at first. And it's still, yeah. that was enough to sort of like pull in people who were just open to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Plus, I I truly believe that once you're within, not the correct, correct isn't the right, the most ideal vibration for your energy and for your soul that you start to move into that space or that timeline, that reality of life where the rest of your soul pod starts to either realize themselves or realize that you're starting to wake up and they start to come towards you. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a huge ripple effect and like it even goes back to thinking about incarnation and like soul contracts. Like that was one of the very first things I was looking into a few years ago when I started waking up again. How do you conceptualize that? Right. How do you conceptualize incarnation? Like, why did I come here? What's going on? And in my brain, how it resonated the most is like with our soul contract, we agreed with our creator, whether it's God, the universe, multiple gods, however it is that we want to frame it in our human minds, that we agreed to come down and do X, Y, Z, like bare minimum X, Y, Z. And throughout the course of that time that we're here in this incarnation, we also have certain people we're supposed to impact and like have a kind of like two marbles hitting each other, like activate them or get them to wake up or get them to see from a new perspective. Totally. Mm hmm. I definitely, I definitely have found that like in my own life and in um, doing Akashic sessions with people, just seeing like there, there are some people that you end up impacting just kind of by like happenstance, but there are definitely people that we come in to have impacts with, to be impacted by. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's lovely and harmonious. Other times it's terribly frictious and uncomfortable, but Yeah. I'm really interested by the fact that you said when I started waking up again, will you tell me about that and like kind of the, you know, like a linear trajectory of what your journey has been like? Yeah. Okay. So like back when I was young, like I was fortunate in one sense, I grew up in a family that was not tied to any form of organized religion. There was like kind of a whisper of like Catholicism in my family, but my parents, they weren't really hard into that. So they never forced it on us, but they were good in that they offered us that opportunity if we wanted to pursue it, but it just never resonated for me. Right. I was much more into, I was like the seven, eight year old girl that was like, mom, I want a tarot deck. I didn't even know like what it was. I was like, I just know I want it. And she was like, okay. And that's what Santa brought me that year. And like, I was so deep down into astrology as this little girl. I didn't know why. Like I wanted to know everything there was to know about anything to do with astrology and birth charts and all the different planetary impacts. And, and it was like when I went out into the world and people started projecting what was quote unquote right, I was like, oh, maybe this is kind of weird. So just for the sake of survival, being young and impressionable, I kind of pulled away from it. But like different things kept happening, like spirit would still come to me, like in my dreams, in my home, like we had a really active house growing up and the property was really active. 
but I just kind of like pushed it off because I wasn't mentally able to handle that on top of the regular stresses of growing up. And then I guess like the next big part of it was probably when I got into school, I realized probably halfway through college that formal work life, formal education, formal everything was just not for me. But I was, I felt stuck. Like I was so deep in my closet and in my box that like I had to stay there because I've already incurred this much debt. And if I leave and start to pursue my passions and what's actually calling to me, I won't be able to pay any of this back and I'll be in debt forever because consumerism is shoved down our throats here and yada, yada, yada. So I just hung on to that until it was no longer like sustainable, I guess is the best way to put it. Like when I graduated college, I went through what a lot of people go through when they graduate college, like basically a quarter life crisis. Like I was in my early twenties. I had no idea what I was doing. There was no structure left in my life. I was working this job that I knew was not the end goal for me, but I had no idea what the goal was. So I started trying to devour every piece of spiritual content, auras, energy, bodies, crystals, all of it. But because I was still so stuck in that technical brain, that left brain mindset, right? Left brain. Yeah. The left brain. (laughs) Like I was trying to study it. Like it was an engineering course and it, it took me forever to realize your intuition guides you through it because I would pop into it and then get overwhelmed and pop out of it. And my anxiety kept rising and rising and rising. So then unknowingly, I started actively doing shadow work through talk therapy. And that like, I think that starting like people that want to talk about shadow work, like it's so beautiful that you want to do it spiritually. And I think that's so important, but we're still human and we have human trauma and human bodies and human problems. And we need Sometimes we need clinical help with that, like trained professionals to help us give that outside perspective. And my therapist, bless her heart, she helped me like unclog all the drains, understand emotion because I was so strong, clairsentient. Like I started hating being around people. Like I would get really agitated because I didn't understand what was happening. I was being impacted by other people's feelings all the time. And she was wonderful. She helped me actually understand how to sit in emotions of other people in a safe way and I help identify is this what I'm feeling or is this what someone else is feeling and we were able to in like the most synchronous way get that sorted out in my human brain and then that's when the tragic spiritual awakening started happening for me like we had loss in the family we had loss in my friend group and Each time this happened, I couldn't deny that I was channeling spirit that wanted all these messages relayed so they could get their closure they needed to have peace in their new existence if or before they chose to reincarnate. They had things they had to to say and tell people, right? And I just, I tried to hide that too. And it was like, I don't know if you channel, but... When spirit has a message and you're like, I'm not, I'm not going to, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not partaking. But some of them would be so insistent that they would like keep me up at night. Mm. They would like keep my head spinning. And I would have like this weird vibration feeling throughout my body. Like I need to just tell someone this or tell the person it's meant for this before it will just go away. And that was like when I was in spiritual channeling like word vomit mode (laughs) before I learned how to control it and then I got a lot deeper into like energy manipulation and understanding energy probably in the last two years like it started with yoga and then like oh this is nice and relaxing hot yoga regular yoga let's just go understand the poses and get in touch with our body and then like the energy started moving through my body and I was like oh this is interesting what's this all about And then I discovered Reiki energy. So I started pursuing Reiki energy. And then when I was attuned to Reiki in that direct contact with source, it awoken so many other things in me, which led me into shamanic work, which was a, that was a whole nother intense thing. (laughs) And then it led me into realizing like, I, I know now 
part of what I meant to do is to use spoken word to help people, to help them look at things from a new perspective. I don't know what that's going to look like in the next six months or two years or five years, but I'm just here and trying to surrender to the universe and see what it is they want, what we have um, divinely carved out for me right now. Yeah. I, that makes me think of, I did an interview with Lara, who is from the Walnut Tree, and she was talking about like, she was led to to do a business course before she even had an idea to like for a business. Like she didn't even mm-hmm. really realize she wanted a business and she's just been following it. Like, you know, little piece that's revealed to her by little piece that's revealed to her. And I, I think that's, that's really, I mean, that's like ultimately all we can do, but our human brains mm-hmm. try to strategize and be like, how is oh, this yeah. work? And blah, blah, blah. I'm sure that it especially does that when you're like deeply, uh, you've deeply trained your mind to be very technical and like defer to the, the left-brained logical side. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Surrendering to my intuition and just like the, the turn-by-turn surprise party my intuition has planned for me right now was probably the hardest leg of the whole journey. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because I want, I don't like surprises. I don't like flying (laughs) by the seat of my pants. I have like, if I could show you like my spreadsheets I have laid out (laughs) insane, (laughs) because that's how I feel comfortable. And that's how my ego feels comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But like calming down ego temper tantrum was probably the biggest part of my work this year and realizing like, okay, if I want to pursue working with other people in a spiritual aspect, I can't compare myself to other people because I'm not them. I'm not here to do their work. Mm-hmm. And like, that's something I work with every day. I mean, we're human. I think that's what a lot of practitioners work with every day. Yeah, for sure. Totally. So, so many interesting things came up in, in your telling of your story. One of the things I'm really interested in, well, first I just want to reflect that it sounds like you have like this really beautiful body level of like earth, like grounding yeah like you as you were talking about shadow work shamanic work the movement of energy through your body that kind of stuff I was like ooh, like she's got like some real grounded earth magic happening that's really because yeah. really cool. I feel like that gets so underemphasized when people mm-hmm. talk about um like spiritual awakening and developing our intuitive gifts or psychic abilities or whatever it's like most people want to do everything from like the throat chakra up and like you know fuck the rest of it it's boring but yeah oh yeah that's That's like one of my that's one of my big things when I work with people and like one of the big messages like I've been trying to explain to people in the best way I can without coming off like preachy or anything like yeah the third eye and the crown are sexy and cool. And like, you want to elevate to that level. Right. But if you don't start with a solid foundation, the smallest little thing or the smallest opinion of someone else or any little like breeze of the wind can set you off kilter Mm -hmm. on top of a bunch of other crazy stuff that can happen. But like that foundational work and working with Gaia and working with animal spirit and plant spirit and listening to the wisdom of the earth is so important because that's where we were created from. I mean, our spirit is ethereal and that's high vibration, but we live in an earthbound body right now. So if we don't respect and honor that, then how can we truly respect and honor our soul? Totally. And not only that, but like, I think root chakra work is super sexy, like root chakra, sacral, earth Mm -hmm. star stuff is like, also like, so powerful. And so like, it's not, it's also not just the boring foundational stuff either. It's like deep, deep, deep transformational magic of its own. So it's Mm -hmm. cool. It's cool to connect with somebody who like, in seems to inherently, you seem to inherently have that like body level where your psychic gifts like translate through your blood and bone and nervous system and stuff like that, which Mm -hmm. is really cool. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you about, are you a medium? Do you have mediumship abilities? Is that what you were experiencing um, when you had those uh, losses and like growing up in a really active home which is thrilling to me because I grew up in a totally non-haunted house I don't know what oh, I would yeah. have done I think I would have died of fear <laughs> yeah I wouldn't define myself as a medium I would 
maybe one day it can develop to that level. But right now I don't feel comfortable saying that like Mm -hmm. it comes when it comes, but it's not something I can actively and like directly control at this point in my journey. Yeah. So were those, I totally get that. That's the same. I'm not, I'm not a strong medium, but I do get messages from people who are no longer, you know, incarnated right now, but I, it's not, I can't do it on demand. It's just when it happens, it happens. Um, Exactly. So, but when you were getting those messages, when you were talking about channeling, were they coming from the, the consciousness of the people who had passed away or was it just more like, like a greater expanded universal understanding of like important perspectives that needed to be shared with the people who were left behind. It was from the consciousness of the people that passed away. Mm -hmm. So like the first like close family member we lost was my aunt. And that was like three or four years ago now before I was even told, cause she was, she was sick and we knew it was coming and it was very, it was really sad for our family. But before I even was told she passed away, I'd already known, like I knew, like I could hear her, I could hear her laugh, I could hear her talk. And I was like, oh no. And then the phone call came a little bit later. And then after that, it was my grandfather, which was, I mean, when a parent figure to your parent passes away, it just like seeing your own parent, the person who raised you, like the person you're supposed to look up to, like go back and revert to a little girl again. Like that's just soul crushing to see happen. But my grandfather, he, I told my family, he wrote his own obituary because out of nowhere, I was like, I know I need to speak at his funeral. I don't know if I'm allowed to speak. I don't know what has to be said. I was like, but he really wants something to get across to everyone that's going to be there. So he channeled his own obituary through me and it was beautiful and it was really healing for everyone that was there to see it and hear it. And then a friend of mine passed away mid last year, which was immensely tragic. Like that was the one that shook me the most because it like when someone close to you in age passes away, it reminds you of your own humanity and it reminds you of how it really is short. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was so sudden and tragic I don't think his soul actually understood what had happened Mm. so he stuck around for a long time until I could figure out how to put that energy somewhere is more productive and until he was able to get what he had to get done Mm. Um, but it was it was interesting because the people that needed the messages weren't necessarily receptive to them because of the situation that came to be Mm mm-hmm that's another really interesting point is like the challenge of having messages channeled through you like whether it's from transitioned you know people who've passed over or whether it's just from like people's guides or you know you don't even know what but you're just getting a message to share with people and how (laughs) uncomfortable and tricky it is to Mm -hmm. like have this insistent energy that like, you need to, you need to relay this, you need to relay this, but to be like, yeah, but the human person is not necessarily mm-hmm. receptive to it. And you're putting me exactly. in an uncomfortable position here. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's so uncomfortable because what I've noticed in spirit when, when they put me in those situations is once the spirit's no longer tied to the ego, and tied to their physical body, the rules of basically humanity no longer really apply. They don't get it. Yeah. They just, they just want to information vomit on you and get that information to the person it's meant for. But there's so much emotion to unpack with it sometimes. Like, I'm sorry, but I, I can't, <laughs> it's totally. not the right time. You're like, I'm just working my engineering job and trying to get a handle of my own spiritual yeah. thing. I don't have time to, yes. like, you know, like go through the layers, yes. layers of emotional support required to like land your message. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I mean, there, there are other ones that have come through that are like three degrees of separation where like, I know a person who knows a person. So like, I have a buffer person in between me going like, I don't know if this person believes in this or not, but if mm. they do, can you get this out? Cause I know that's kind of selfish and that's part of like my, 
I guess, medium channeling word vomiting side of me coming out, but just for my own self-preservation, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if they're open to this, but this, this person in their life came to me in my dreams last night and they really want you to let them know this part. And they're like, no, they're open to it. I'll let you, I'll let them know. Like, oh, yeah. thank God. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's not necessarily selfish. It's just like, it's a big, it is a, it is a tall order and like totally, I think from the spirit perspective, they're, it's just like, this doesn't matter though. This doesn't matter. And and we're like, oh, mm-hmm. but I'm still a human and I still have to navigate interpersonal relationships like for the remainder of my life. Yep. So <laughs> it yep. doesn't matter very like, much. I'm so happy for you that you made it to the other side. However, the rest of us still here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got stuff to handle. Yeah. And, and yeah, I don't think, I think it's a, a clever tactic to sort of like be able to relay messages in a, in a cause the, the tricky part too is like, landing the message like not just like blah, 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 all over somebody mm-hmm. like also like you have to be tactful totally delivering it in a way where it's even if it's not received in that moment the seed is kind of planted yeah for it to be received when they're ready yeah it's, it's there's a lot of nuance to it oh yeah and that's why I would never at this point in my journey call myself a medium because there's so much for me to still learn mm. And so are you ever practicing Reiki with people? Like, do you have Reiki clients ever or anything like that? Yeah, I, I have a few people that I will see in person just because I know I know what they're up to. They know what I'm up to and we trust each other enough to not be stupid, <laughs> essentially, with everything happening in the world. Mm. But I do. I see people from all over the country for distant sessions. Mm-hmm. And like, they usually find me through like, my TikTok videos, which I just started because that seems to be like the new up and coming place to relay information. <laughs> I was like, who am I in my late 20s on TikTok? But like, it's it's fun. And I'm um, like <laughs> Instagram and my Facebook. Oh my God, there's 40 year olds and 50 year olds on TikTok. It is, it is. I know. And they're so funny. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, so addicting. It's such a slippery slope TikTok. Oh, I've heard. I have resisted my my 15 year old son was like, don't do it, mom. Like, just don't get it. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> I will um, say, um, TikTok is hard to get into short form. Like the information I'm trying to relay to people. I'm like, how do I put it into 60 seconds? Because no one has attention span anymore. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Technology. That just wants to take me down a whole other trajectory. I know. <laughs> but so the reason I'm asking about the Reiki is I'm wondering if, since you started doing Reiki sessions, if some of the intensity of the, like the urgency of channeling when you're not really necessarily wanting to has abated because you've given it an outlet where you're actually working with people who are coming to you, you know, Mm -hmm. giving permission to receive messages that come through as you're, you know, doing the Reiki. Yeah. No, that's 100% helped a lot because they're the people that are coming to see me, they're receptive to the information. I, I give them like when I work with people, like I work with my own helping spirits and I do shamanic journey work to prep for it. So I can be like, okay, before you tell me anything, I just want you to know this is right off the bat, right out of the gate, what they want you to know. Mm. And then we start to build a session around that. Um, and it's just, it's nice to have an outlet where people are come in open to that and just like willing to receive that. Totally. Yeah. That's what I found too. When I started doing Akashic readings and and one of the reasons I started doing Akashic readings was because I kept getting messages for people randomly. And I was like, I'm at work. I can't like, this is not the capacity in which they've come to see Mm -hmm. me. Like I can't just tell them stuff, but it was getting so like the buildup of that energy was getting so uncomfortable and the constant denial of that energy was getting so uncomfortable. So when I, it was really cool when I started doing readings, it really, it really went away. It's like, I don't receive nearly as many messages randomly anymore. Now they just seem to funnel through people who are open on one level or another, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. Will you tell me more about the kind of shamanic stuff that you do and that you've been exploring Um, that that journey you've been on? Yeah. Like that, that is in its infant stage, honestly. Mm-hmm. So with the shamanic work, it was this past 
summer. Yeah, it was this past summer, like June, June, July-ish. I started having like intensely vivid dreams and they all kept circling back around like you need a shaman. Like the message always was shaman. So like, I was like, okay, I need to seek out a shaman, but why do I need to seek out a shaman? And the one dream I had was so intense that I was like, okay, okay, I'm going. Like, I'll find a shaman. I'll do it. And I'm fortunate because my family, they're, they're also spiritual. They're also awakened. They're open to this stuff. So my aunt had a good relationship with a shaman that wasn't too far from me. It was drivable. And I called my aunt one day and I was like, look, Aunt Kay, like this dream keeps coming and they really want me to pursue a shaman. I don't know what it means, blah, 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 blah. And my aunt in her closet spiritual self, she was like, you are the shaman. And I started bawling on the phone with her. And I was like, I was like, I don't know what you just said, but like, I'm scared now. And she's like, don't be scared. It's going to be okay. She's like, but go see, um, go see Barb. Like, she's amazing. She's friendly. It's going to be fine. And that was like the end of our conversation after I calmed down. So I get this woman's number and I call her and we're talking for a little bit. And I told her about my dream and she just goes, okay, so what do you want me to do for you? And I was like, I don't know what you can do for me that I can't do for myself. And I was like, oh God, did I just say that to the shaman? <laughs> like, is that rude? <laughs> but I must have said the right thing because she went you're gonna come to my class I have a class coming up you're gonna come to my class and that was pretty much the beginning of the end of that and like it's just taken off so intensely and through studying under this woman and working with her like she was phenomenal because she doesn't project any of her beliefs or any of her training on anyone she just breaks you through the basics and she expects her students to be accountable and the people that she works with be accountable to come to her and ask the questions that come up that are important that you can't answer for yourself. But through that work with her, I found out that I already was doing journey work. I already was working with my helping spirits. I just didn't know what it was. So it's evolved in its own way because COVID makes having a classroom setting so difficult that I was only able to go through the one course with her, but she has like open drum circles and stuff she does and she's always available for questions so like I've still been able to like get my like scratch the itch I guess but I still want more at this point in time and I don't even remember what I was saying because I could talk about this forever (laughs) so (laughs) yeah I found out I was already journeying and I was already doing all this work with my helping spirits and it's evolved now into like I do intuitively guided healing sessions because I don't feel comfortable calling them like a shamanic session where I will invite my own guides in and they will pretty much guide me on what they would recommend for the recipient to receive. Mm -hmm. And that could be anything from dancing to intuitive singing and drumming over their body to rattling, working with stones, um, working with the elements, like some, some crazy stuff has happened and it's so wild and beautiful. I love that. That's so, it's just so cool. I don't know. Whenever I think of that, I think like it's channeling through sort of like a combination of like already having this from past life experiences, but also like having, I don't know, guides or supportive like spirits who also are like channeling their magic through too. Does it feel like that Mm -hmm. for you? Yeah, like I have guides and I have teachers that I work with in the non-ordinary reality of like the shamanic worlds. And generally what I do when I'm working with them is like I'll journey into what I call my power spot and I'll go converse with this like healer. He's one of my teachers and he will give me guidance on what it is the recipient needs and I'll offer him like some it, it usually just comes to me intuitively, like whatever it is that I should be offering him, like usually just appears in the journey and I offer it to him. And he says, thank you. Like you're doing beautiful work, like continue on. <laughs> <laughs> and like, there have been times where I've merged with some of my, like with my one power animal for healing. And like, it's brought on like profound healing, 
but it's tough because when you channel that way and you merge, sometimes you remember what you do and sometimes you don't mm-hmm. because it's not actually your energy. You're, you're giving yourself away as a conduit for someone else to do the work that needs to be done. Right. Then does that freak you out ever? No, hmm. there's, there's only, there's only been one time I was freaked out and that was when I was observing something happening, but I was able to confer with the shaman that I work under. And she was like, you, she's like, no, if you need help, I'm here to help you, but you know how to handle this. Like, you know what to do. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> like, okay, I have to go do the work. <laughs> I love that you said that to her the the first time you're having a conversation like I don't really know what you could do that I can't do for myself I I feel like that's such a well it's just such a powerful sort of realization to have on the spot that like because I think ultimately that's the power that all of us have but some Mm -hmm. of us are very very separated from that power and it's also totally appropriate to get support from other people too. Cause sometimes we're so deeply wrapped up in our own, you know, situations that ha- like you said about the shadow work with a clinically trained or trained and experienced, whatever, whether they're like a clinical practitioner or an alternative practitioner, but somebody who can really, really mm-hmm. like hold and anchor all of the trauma stuff that happens. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's not to say like we should never work with other people, but just it's so amazing to have that realization and kind of spontaneously. It sounds like you did that. Like, Oh, actually like everything is in me though. Like I, I, I already can do it. I just don't know how, <laughs> how Pretty much, yeah. I, to do it, but I know I can do it. <laughs> yeah. And like, I was reflecting on it too a little bit ago and I've had other opportunities to be in touch with shamans and to work with shamans. Like when the channeling of spirit got to be too intense, I didn't quite understand it, but it never felt right. And I never actually acted on it until I met or was put in contact with this one specific woman. And I think it was the universe's way of saying like, you're not like, you're not meant to go just receive it. You're meant to go receive the knowledge. Right. Yeah. Like someone that's willing and loving and open to share that knowledge. Right. That's so cool. And, and when you were a little girl, did you, did you have any of the, these experiences? Like, I know you said you can't really remember when it started, but like when you were little, were you kind of receiving messages from spirit or did you feel like really kind of psychically active? And then it just kind of went away, like you said, for survival purposes. Yeah, there was, it's like when I was little, little, so I was probably like, like somewhere between like four and six, like preschool, maybe kindergarten. I had this one reoccurring dream, which now that I know what I know, I'm pretty sure it was just like a past life remembrance of a dream. And like, it always scared me. So like, it was like a persecution of some sort back when Mm. in a past life of mine. But that's the only one that really stands out to me aside from like, I know there's spirits here and there's weird energy here which was also interesting growing up because my parents built our house so like it's the land the land had a lot of energy yeah Mm -hmm. but like nothing nothing really like stands out I don't know if it's just like because you block those things out when you don't understand when you're young or because it's kept ramping up yeah yeah I mean only you can say but I think definitely like for some people, it just is a, a gradual unfolding where it kind of like starts a little low key so that you can feel kind of like mostly a normal kid and have some normalcy to your childhood. And then it just sort of like up levels and up levels and up levels and whatever unfolds as the journey goes on. And then mm-hmm. for other kids, obviously, it's they just come in with all their centers open. They're like, what the literal fuck? (laughs) Why can nobody else sense this? (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. My mom's like favorite story to tell is when I was born, like I was born, I was born almost exactly a week late. And like, I, they wanted to induce her, but she didn't want to. And when I was born, she was like, you were the fastest birth I ever had out of all your sisters. And she's like, you were born and they had to slap me to make me cry. And I wasn't like blue. There was nothing wrong with me. I was just peaceful. Like, okay, I'm here. Let's get to work. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, let's go. Come on, let's grow this body. Let's do the work. We, we got this. Yeah, I'm here. It's fine. Why are you slapping me? I'm fine. Pretty much. Yeah, she was <laughs> I've like, been here before. so pissed when they slapped you. Uh, yeah, like what? I was like, I, I would be offended. That. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with me. Like, where have I arrived? This is how I get treated. Like, right Seriously. after I get here. Yeah. Oh, God, we have some more yeah. birth. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it was kind of like that growing up. It was just like, okay, all right. Yeah. Like, like almost like it was just kind of, it's, it's all just sort of like normal and, and chill to you. And then, like, you know, at various points, it ramped up. I love that when you were seven, you're like, I want a tarot deck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. But and when you were interested in astrology, like, was it because you were interested in people's personalities? Like, was it that kind of thing? I guess so. Like it started and it was like, it was deeper than just like pop culture magazine astrology and like horoscopes Mm -hmm. and stuff. Like I was up there on our desktop computer in my parents' room with our dial up internet, like hogging up the phone line on all the forums going, okay, what does that mean? Okay. What does that mean? And like just digging deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And like, it started with my own Zodiac and my own chart. And then I was like, okay, well then what does it mean for this person? Or like, what does it mean for my sister? And like, it just kept digging. That's so cool. Are you interested in it now still? Yes and no. Like I got out of it and I forgot a lot of what I learned when I was little, little. Like for me now, human design resonates better than astrology. Yeah. So when I discovered human design, I was like, oh my God, this is like astrology 2.0. It makes so much sense. And like, there's so many more variables, which make it more overwhelming, but it also like fits together so beautifully that it makes sense in my brain. That's cool. That must be like the technical side of your brain. I just, I find all the variables overwhelming. Yeah. (laughs) So before we close out our conversation, I would just love to hear a little bit more about like what your take on, we, we opened up with this, but your take on, you know, what's going on in the world and the kind of ongoing awakening and just what you see. Yeah. Happening in, in your corner of the world. So in my corner of the world, like we are in rural upstate New York. So spiritual awakening, it's like you're either with it or you're not. (laughs) And um, it's almost like there's been waves, right? So like there, we're the OG spiritually woke people from like back in the sixties and seventies that carried their teachings forward and brought in the, the whole team of teachers that we're now working with. And like, we're now in what I would call the second wave of new teachers coming up to be and like actualizing their power and stepping into it and realizing like, okay, I don't need to call a psychic to get my own answers. I don't need someone else to do all this work for me. Like, okay, this makes sense. But it's interesting because it's been made into such a pop, almost toxic culture Mm. that it's so superficial. Mm -hmm. So right now, those of us who are awakened now trying to spread our own messages and our own stories are trying to do it in such a genuine and true way. So people realize like the scary side of it it's going to be okay because on the other side of it, it's beautiful. Right. Mm -hmm. Then we have our third wave coming in, which I think is going to be in the next generation, our little crystal children that are coming in. And I am so excited to see what they have to do. And I just hope that people understand, like, it's scary, but we need those babies. Like we need those souls. They're trying so hard to come in. Like, I don't know if you connect with baby souls or Mm -hmm. like new souls trying to incarnate, but Mm -hmm want so desperately to get here because they have so much work to do yeah they're taking any opening available and like yeah even though like some of us on earth are like oh my god we can't have kids under these circumstances like we don't know what's coming and like you know different people have different fears about different outcomes and whatever but yeah they're they're just like an opening i'm taking it which pretty much super frustrating the people who struggle with infertility but they really are the thing I would say is like oh my god they really are there like you just believe it they're really there yeah like there there is a big divine web that is being built or unfolding however you want to like frame it in your own mind to make it make sense but it's like so intricate and interwoven and like the ripple effect is real and 
I just think it's beautiful because there's so many people learning right now and they will become the teachers. Like if that's what they're asked to do, maybe they're going to teach thousands of people. Maybe they'll teach five, but those few people they reach, like they will make impact and like that ripple will keep growing. And like, maybe they'll have a crystal baby. Maybe they'll have one of these souls trying to come in right now and they'll be able to hold that space for them. Like there's so much more to it. And like, Oh God, we could go on on this for yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. There's so it's it's hard to describe. Like when you can see, when you can pan out and see the the larger picture of it. It's uh, it's really hard to convey in words. I find, but exactly yeah. like the the impacts are so significant and that's kind of always the thing that I come back to is like, everybody's so important. Everybody's so important. Like we don't all have to look like super successful and have beautiful Instagram grids and all like, look, you know, like there, there is pretty much no criteria except our authenticity. And even then we don't have to be perfectly in it at all times. Like being a human is messy. Exactly. Some authentic code that we all carry that is so freaking important. And we cannot possibly know who we impact and how we impact them. There are people that see us that we don't even, we don't see. So we don't know Mm -hmm. that they even exist and we're all influencing each other so much. So all of our authentic codes are really, really, really valuable. Oh, absolutely. Like it could be someone that you're just standing having small talk with in the grocery line or like holding the door open for a stranger. Like that's all an energy exchange. It feels like nothing, but it's still important. Totally. I remember seeing this girl like ages ago when I was in my early 20s, I went to Paris and I was just I don't know, like I was just walking down the street and I noticed this girl ahead of me and I never even saw her face. I just saw her from behind. She had long kind of like light reddish blonde hair in a ponytail Mm -hmm. and she was wearing like, I don't know, probably her boyfriend's jeans and a pair of sneakers and an oversized Adidas jacket. But there was just something about like the way she walked and the way she moved that was so, I was like, oh my God, that's beauty. It just really impacted me. Like that's beauty. And like, I don't have to put on all this veneer. Like not that I was a big makeup person anyway, but it was at a time when I was really like trying to figure out like how people respond to beauty. And she never even saw me. I didn't even see her face, but I remember her (laughs) so many years later. Right. And, and I think the thing that I saw was she just like, probably was just going to buy a pack of Marlboros or something like that. And like, it was like, it just rolled out of bed. But what I could see was her authenticity shining through. And I was like, Oh my God, that's what beauty is. And it's always kind of guided me through all the turbulence of, you know, being a female in our weird Western culture. Absolutely. So yeah, we, we influence people on levels that like, truly, we don't even understand. And Mm -hmm. we create a beautiful, intricate web for sure. What was the other thing? Oh yeah. I wanted to ask you. So if you, I mean, whatever, I was going to say, it's a cliche question, but I don't care if you could give any sort of like advice or guidance or any wisdom that you've sort of accrued through your journey to anybody who kind of at the beginning of theirs or kind of in the thick of the 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 dark places what would it be I guess it would be to feel through your heart speak through your heart exist through your heart because like in in the pop culture of spirituality when it comes to meditation and when it comes to connecting with your guides everyone thinks you have to see it right but it's not it's not about seeing it. It's not about that clairvoyance aspect of it where you can see it in your mind's eye. Like when I work, it's through my heart. It has nothing to do with my third eye. And that's where you get the most genuine and pure information. So that would really be it. And if you want to expand on feeling through your heart and through your heart chakra, it's really about tuning into your body and seeing how your heart is communicating with your body, either through heartbeat, if it's speeding up or slowing down, if it's sending tingles up your spine, if it's giving you a feeling of intuition somewhere specific in your body, tuning into your body is going to be a huge help in the long term of your spiritual journey because mm. that's your tool. It's the, it's the ship that we are all set to sail through this lifetime with. Mm-hmm. So we better learn how to use it. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic wisdom. I couldn't agree more that like 
prioritizing the heart as the, you know, the psychic energy center that you mainly communicate and filter information through is it's, it's like, it's a powerful energy center. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I like to think like the crown and the third eye are, you know, located in the head and we're all already such, we're trained to be such heady beings. And so it's easy for the crown and the third eye, especially the third eye to be hijacked by the ego. Exactly. The heart pretty much can't be hijacked by the ego. Like when truly in your heart, it's, it has its own language. It can't be hijacked by your ego. Mm -hmm. And then I guess I have one more like little bonus tip is for anyone starting out on their spiritual journey, Google is a tool. It is not the answer. (laughs) Um, So like if you, if you see a sign or you get a download during a meditation or when you're sleeping or taking a shower, like doing the most mundane things, we all instantly want to go to Google but Google doesn't have the answer for us because that message was for us. It was not for Google. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like those are great. It's like dream dictionaries. They're a great starting point, but what they're mm-hmm. really good at is like, if you read it and it doesn't resonate, it's like that feeling of like, Oh, I have to like, I have yeah. to myself now. <laughs> exactly. Like mm-hmm. we live in a culture that wants such instant gratification. Like we want to turn to like, the books and the Google and spiritanimal.com or whatever the hell it's called. And that's giving away our power. Like, no, your guides aren't talking to you through that Google website. They're talking to you through your heart. And as if there's like an answer, right? Like there's like a universal answer. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's, it's like the, the answer is what it, what it carries for you. Exactly. Oh, that is such good wisdom to share. Thank you so much for for sharing that. And thank you so much for being willing to have a conversation with me about all of these topics. And I know like I get messages from people all the time who listen and how, how much people value just like hearing other people on their journey. So thank Mm -hmm. you so, so much. Yeah. Thank you for giving me the platform and putting out the call to action. Like this has been fun. I love talking about this stuff. Like I'm so (laughs) open to it with like anyone. Yay. And Caroline is in soul space. So if you are not already in soul space, you should probably just like join already and you can find her in there and you can find me in there and a whole bunch of other super cool people. So thank you everybody for listening. You know, if you have any feedback for either of us, like her uh, contact stuff, her TikTok and her Instagram are in the show notes. And as always, I really love it. And I'm sure she would really love it if you were listening and you enjoyed it and you took a screenshot and tagged us in it and posted it to your preferred social media. It's just, it's a really cool feeling when you're like, ah, somebody's listening. Oh, hey, someone listened. (laughs) Yes. So give us a little bit of love back if you feel so inclined. All right, everybody. I hope you have a great day or night wherever you are and catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for being here with me on this episode. I appreciate you more than my words could ever say. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share, and I will catch you on the next episode.